Already have been. Not my friend anymore. You'll explain. Yep. You're gonna have to leave me hooked up because I wanna. I wanna hear that. I wanna. I wanna hear this. I'm rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number one thousand twenty-five, Feb twenty-seven, twenty twenty-three. We have a bit of a kerfuffle in the weather records because I forgot to bring mine in, and I do know that the warm temperature it was pretty warm on this day. In 2016, <laughs> and it, was, it was colder than that on yeah. another year. In another year, but the I do have the Star Tribune records, and they're a day behind. Did you guys know that? Oh, yesterday. No, so I, didn't I have know the that. Monday Star Tribune. Uh, why? Because uh, you just handed it to me. No, why? Why would they post <laughs> yesterday's records? I don't know, but they've they've been doing that forever, which is why I don't use their records. In any event, they have yesterday's records, hmm. which were impressive. Uh, yesterday uh, it was 64 degrees uh, in 1896, and it was 21 degrees in 18, 21 below in 1897. But that's yesterday. Today the record high was in 2016. It was uh, nice. Out. 58. It was 58, 58. in 2016, and yep. the low was 22 below in 1879. Oh, thank you, John. And Where'd now, you get from that? the mayor's office above the boathouse, CBSEast.com, Minnesota. Oh, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. You shouldn't leave this kind of stuff laying around. Lip Ivel. I call it Lip Ivel. Where was it? Laying it's here. been somebody's, sitting here for a, a week plus. Lip stuff. That's it. That's yeah. mine. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> How did it get over there? I don't know. You. You know what I did with that when I was uh, in there <laughs> no, on Friday? Not using that. No. Get, get some balm. Did going. we mention Friday that we have a legislator named Omar Fateh? We did. Who mm-hmm. uh, said that anyone who did not approve of felons getting their rights back to vote was a terrorist. Yep. yep. Right? Yep. And along those lines, Reeves and I were talking before the show, and Reeves said, get ready. About 20, was it 20 years? I didn't know I was going to go public with that Well, thought. I'm telling him. Oh. About 20 years, get ready for Sharia law. <laughs> well, you already tried to see it at Hamlin. Yeah. So you saw an example of, well, and I don't know if that's true or not, but I, in my effort to continually try to help GLers prepare for whatever's coming, and God only knows with this country, what's coming. But I've mentioned it before. I'm going to review it again. Three books by a guy named Robert Ferrigno. F-E-R-R-I-G-N-O. I I first became aware of Robert Ferrigno with a book called The Horse Latitudes, which I really recommend. Kind of a noir thriller set in L.A. Wrote it in 1990. I really recommend it. Very good. And then... uh, Another one that he had was uh, The Cheshire Moon. I recommend that highly. The Cheshire Moon. That was 1993. These are all on in Author's Corner, correct? I think they we are. added those. For, if they oh. were in Author's Corner, they were in a very early Author's Corner. I thought they were. In any event, I, I most recently read something by him that was very disappointing, which is neither here nor there. 
between after horse latitudes and Cheshire. You know what the horse latitudes are, by the way? What? Uh, hmm. It's an interesting. They're the latitudes at sea when you find no wind, and in order to get going, you have to lighten the boat. So if they had horses on them, see you later, horsey. No. Oh, boy, oh, really? The Yikes. horses were tossed overboard. <laughs> they became known as the horse latitudes. Wow. Prayers for the Assassin by Robert Frigno. Wait, wait, this is, is what I'm getting into. Is in the author's corner. Oh, okay, yeah. good. But in any event, this might help you prepare for what's coming. It's a trilogy of books he wrote, and they're fascinating, they're excellent, and unfortunately, they're very chilling, given what we're witnessing. And book number one in the trilogy is called Prayers for the Assassin. You writing that down, everyone? Prayers for the Assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two in the trilogy is Sins of the Assassin. All right. And number three, and the final book in the trilogy is Heart of the Assassin. Heart of the Assassin. And, and essentially what they are is the United States becoming a kind of quasi-Islamic state. And the Constitution is quasi-replaced by the Quran and things of that nature. And uh, it, they're very, very chilling. And they're, they're not conspiratorial. They're not over the top. But they required of Ferrigno uh, his wonderful imagination. And he, and he pulls it off. So, and he's writing these. What's, what's 20 years from ago today? 2003? Uh, Mm -hmm. So he's writing these about 20 years ago. Oh, goodness. 20 years ago. And uh, And what you said was much of what he claimed was has taken place? Yes. Well, no. No, the the takeover of the United States has certainly not taken place, but you're getting glimpses of a United States that is becoming diminished in a variety of ways. And, And he, his way of determining how the United States was going to be ultimately failed was to write these three books, The Prayer of the Assassin, Sins of the Assassin, and Heart of the Assassin. And they're great novels. They're, you know, if if nothing else, they're page turners and they're wonderful novels. Have you ever spoken with him? I have not. I have not. I'm wondering at the time when he wrote them if he thought this idea he had was far-fetched or if he saw something we didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Five, I'm going to say five, six years ago, I had a friend, um, he lived in uh, West Bloomington, actually. He was from the Netherlands and just as liberal as you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And he said uh, that uh, the United States was turning into the Netherlands um, in regards to Sharia law and everything, because I guess they've taken over there. And he warned, and I just thought it was really interesting coming from uh, um, a liberal. I was reading something about how the liberals are getting tired of San Francisco. The progressive hellscape yes. of San Francisco. Let me see if I have this. It's a little bit off topic, but that's okay. We call that a non sequitur. Well, not if I'm doing it. See, if I do it, it's not a non sequitur. Oh, I got I think you. it might have been in the Wall Street Journal. Thank you, John. The same paper. I don't have it. It was the. Uh, hey, Royce, can you pull the mic closer to you? It was the special prosecutor in the Trump case <laughs> is getting closer to indictment. But the second paragraph was, but uh, 
court challenges could take months. I just was going to mention it because it it corroborates my idea that that nothing will come of this. Uh, Trump, as much as Trump is disliked by the careerists on the third rail, he does enjoy the the prerogatives the of the third yep. rail. Yep. Uh, because he's stuck on the third, he got stuck on the third rail or planted on the third rail by becoming a president. So he is enjoying, however much he even is aware of it, the uh, the results of being on the third rail, which is you don't really ever have to answer to much or to many. And uh, his whole his whole uh, supposed uh, criminal indictment will never happen. Because he's on the third right. rail. There's something will always come up to delay it, appeal it, transfer it. And as a reminder to all of us GLers, you try that when you're 10 minutes late paying your property taxes. <laughs> when the government works with the government, anything they want can happen. Mm-hmm. When the government works with a private citizen, the only thing that will happen is what the government wants to happen. Right. And so there you are. So that Nailed was my. It. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, Kenny. No, I said you nailed it. Oh, and so there's my uh, recommendation today. In fact, I might I might reread those assassin books, given what what this show has stumbled onto, and given the direction of the country. Uh, I think I will order them and reread them. I, I hold no hope of still finding those. I thought you owned them anywhere. Well, at some point, though, I got to take a load of books to the library. I got so uh, Lou Ferrigno. Yep. No, no, no. Rookie. God help me. I held back on that one. Robert I wrote it down. Ferrigno. I, okay, yeah, I wrote it down. Ferrigno, the Assassin Trilogy. So Robert Ferrigno. My brother, the Hulk. Bobby. Gotcha. Did you do the autobiography? My brother, the Hulk? Matt, the last book you read, you had to hide in a science magazine because it was something about... The soft, what was the book you were reading? Wasn't it about thing one and thing two? Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Oh, right. Well, wait, you're, you're, you're discounting my eight-page marathon in uh, the Dominican. I ain't got time to bleed. You made her eight whole pages, yeah. huh? I got. I dove into it. Dove into the deep end there, man. Eight-page marathon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How is everybody? Couldn't put, couldn't put her down. Mind your wait. own Business. Wait a minute. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Did the uh, eight pages lead you up to when the bar opened at 10 a.m.? Was that basically Pretty much, what it was? Yeah. <laughs> well, the reading time is done. Time to get a cocktail. Well, I've been reading this book for three hours right. now. I'm eight like pages in. <laughs> I have been alerted to uh, important public meetings to be conducted by XL Energy. Uh, you might be believing your... Uh, Utility bill has been a bit high these last few months. Uh, I'll say yes. Yes. To the point where I'm no longer heating my garage as much as I used to. It's that bad. Wow. I mean, I'm getting heating bills that are just... How can they do that unchecked? Well, I don't think they do it unchecked. There's a a system. All right. But uh, Howard alerted me to this. Uh, There's a public notice regarding electric vehicles. Okay. And you may speak at it. Uh, XL Energy has filed a petition with the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission for ratepayers, that's you and me, to fund the following electric vehicle programs that will reduce emissions and increase opportunities to use EVs in Minnesota. 
Well, I'm, I'm not convinced that electric vehicles reduce emissions. They just have their exhaust pipes elsewhere. But they're going to, they wish to expand public charging program by building, owning, and operating approximately 730 new high-speed public charging stations uh, and supporting infrastructure. By 2026, these charging stations will be included in rate base, meaning XL Energy customers will pay for the construction and maintenance of these facilities. Now, granted, if you're an EV owner, you are included in the ones paying for that. But if you're not an EV owner, you are also paying for it. Electric school bus program that will provide 32 buses, including supply, charging, and related infrastructure to school districts at no cost to the districts, meaning you will be paying for this electric bus tryout. Uh, Modify commercial and residential EV offerings by extending pilot programs and managed charging with potential for additional changes, advisory services, including education, outreach, and consultation. And it sounds like XL Energy has no intention of paying for any of this. Nope. You as the rate payer will pick up the tab. If you're interested, and I've, I've lost a great deal of my hope that Minnesotans are interested in very much at all. But if you're interested, Monday, March 6, 2 p.m., uh, and you have to go to... Uh, the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission website. Wednesday, March 8, 7 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll give you a different website. Minnesota.webex, W-E-B-E-X.com. Minnesota.webex, W-E-B-E-X.com. So go to Minnesotawebex.com if you wish to attend a hearing on Monday, March 6, at 2 p.m. and go to the same website, minnesotawebex.com, if you wish to attend a Wednesday, March 8 meeting at 7 p.m. And uh, apparently what they're willing to do is take testimony from citizens who say, I do not wish to pay for this. My utility bills are already way too high. Here's the problem with that. They've got you over a barrel. This isn't like choosing a cable or satellite yeah. provider. Yeah. You don't have an option. If no. XL Energy is your energy company, right. that's who you got. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder why we're going through the motions, doesn't it? Well, they, I'm sure they legally have to. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if you go there and object. This is getting shoved down your throats whether you want it or not. Administrative Law Judge Jessica A. Palmer-Denig from Diversityville will preside over the public hearings and provide the Public Utilities Commission a report with findings of fact, conclusions of law, and recommendations after the conclusion of the evidentiary hearings. The public can participate without intervening as a party. Representation by legal counsel is permitted but not required. In other words, you could, you could bring your lawyer if you want. Uh, Please note the public hearings will end once everyone has had the opportunity to comment and all other business concludes. Commenters will be called in the order that they enter the queue. Therefore, it is advantageous to arrive at the beginning of the hearing. All right. Mm. I've done my due diligence for the public. Thanks to Howard. So uh, we're going to be building 
charging stations and electric buses and infrastructure and high-speed charging and will be modifying commercial and residential EV offerings all under the all under the guise of this is going to help the planet. I I, I don't believe it will, but uh, there the world is racing full speed ahead, including automobile manufacturers, to produce more and more uh, EVs. And uh, there you have it. Well, you kind of predicted this a few months ago when you started talking about um, when gas when cars gasoline became popular. The government and the people didn't step in and start building um, gas stations. No, they did not. Right. Right. And you'll recall during that same era, automobile manufacturers introduced electric vehicles, but the market rejected them. Yeah. And that's when they went to the internal combustion engine. And, you know, Pete and Carl built their own gas station in... in uh, Winona, and and they didn't expect a check from the government, or they didn't expect their fellow citizens on their block to send them money so they could build a gas station. Right. But the world is changing. The United States is changing, and the old saying is, "We must change with it." And uh, there's much of the change involved that we 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 might reject, but there's nothing we can do about it except push back well it's a change for good joe i mean come on you mm-hmm. know uh, harumph yeah i guess so you don't want the government to handle your affairs i don't sure? want them handling anything mm-hmm. i got a note from uh, dana who writes uh just a nod of appreciation for your persistence and finally getting us in to talk to the estate planning team at eckberg lammers we made the call and met with Patrick. Thankfully, not your Patrick. Yes, sir. And what yes. I, I read this already. So this was given to me as though it was new. The sales department rushed this over as though it was new. We had this, we had this weeks ago. We'll but it uh, it's worth we'll it's it worth again. repeating. Let me see if I remember. We made the call and met with Patrick. Thankfully, not your Patrick. I'm no longer his friend. It went over oh. what we <laughs> needed to do to help the grandkids, kids, and aging mother-in-law. Patrick and his team made it easy. Thanks for the kick in the rear. Our kids made an appointment, too. It's never too early to plan, and she is correct. I'm talking about Eckberg Lammers, one of the most well-known law firms in the metro and western Wisconsin. They've been been preparing estate plans for more than 70 years. They'll also help you with small business transitions. They uh, help you with uh, family disputes in terms of property. But mainly what you want to do, and it doesn't make any difference how old you are, You unfortunately we're all going to die, and the estate planning prevents your survivors from having to get into a hassle with the court system. Uh, you have a nice document. Unfortunately, you know, Pop's gone. Right. But you say, hey, well, he left us this. Yeah, he, I get and, the clock. <laughs> I get the clock. Everything's taken care of, and you don't have to worry about probate or anything of that nature. And they do business law, business succession planning, commercial real estate. Uh, but it's very important that no matter how much you have, how much you've accumulated, you don't want to leave your family a big problem. You don't want to leave a mess. So that's the goal of estate planning. Avoid court, minimize taxes, and control your wishes. Contact Eckberg Lammers at 651-439-2878 or visit Eckberg Lammers at eckberglammers.com. 
in our climate, using seafoam, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Hey, GLers, Kenny here. It's warm one day, it's frigid the next, fog, rain, snow, freezing drizzle. Seafoam works to fight off the condensation and remove deposits while lubricating the moving parts and preserving engine vapors, making starting easier on the cold days. Nothing worse than a vehicle not starting when it's at or below zero. Seafoam is on our side and a true miracle in a world of bad gas and miserable temperatures. For more tips, log on to seafoamworks.com. Oh, that was what we saw it coming. Fighting the demagogues of diversity, it's Joe Suchere. Reavers here with a non sequitur, and that is my friends at Hofferman Water. <laughs> I was just having a Are laugh. Are speak slower? I'm going to. Hofferman Water is an independent water treatment dealer, GLers. You already know that, but did you know that they offer sales service, which is key, and rental options for Connecticut water treatment systems. It includes, you know, if you're in the market for a water softener, maybe an iron rust or odor filtration system, or maybe you just want a drinking water system. Anyway, they got you covered. They're the best in the business, and they'll take care of you and your family. And that's because a new system from Connecticut is going to change your life. Trust me when I say that. I had one installed years ago, and I'm so happy I made the switch. You will be too. It cut down on my salt usage, but it also protects my appliances inside the home. Your showers are going to be better if you get that new water softener. So is your laundry and your drinking water. So do me a favor. Get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or visit their website, HoffermanWater.com. You can see every option that they have on their website, HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. May I speak about books I'm reading for another moment? John, uh, you're a fan of Don Winslow, are you not? I am, yes. I just finished last night the first of what apparently is also a trilogy. Correct. Called yeah. City on Fire. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? I did read it, yes. Did you like it? I did like it, yep. I, I I came to the conclusion reading that book that what you read affects how well you will sleep. Hmm. Okay. It was it was so violent. Oh, it you and, sure. And and sure. I got I got so tired of how stupid these Italians and Irish were yeah. that they actually think they're leading some sort of important or virtuous life that it was driving me crazy. But I liked it. Because yeah. I, I I like him. I, I liked it. I don't know that I'll read the the other two. The other uh, second one is out next month, actually, already. Yeah. So, and that picks uh, up Danny Ryan where we left off. Correct, yes. Hauling yeah. his uh, son and his father away from the carnage in Providence, did, Rhode Island. Did you read his Mexican cartel trilogy? That's extraordinarily violent. <laughs> yes, and I. but the one I liked most by him was, and I can't remember the name of it, it was set in San Diego. It was a gang of yeah. guys who go surfing together. The something squad right there. Yeah, and I thought that was just delightful. That was a, that was that was the first one I read, and immediately drew me to him. Yeah, yeah just I agree. Delightful, but this is so full of heads getting slammed into sinks and mm -hmm. bodies getting dragged by cars, and I just thought, no wonder I'm not sleeping. <laughs> it's just it's taking a little to heart, huh? Okay, I'll, I will rest that case now. Right. Uh, along lines, I know only Kenny and I uh, have have consumed the Kool-Aid. And I have predicted that this is the year that we'll learn more and more about 
uh, unknown aerial phenomenon, which apparently has been introduced as a euphemism because it makes you sound less crazy than to say UFOs. (laughs) Yes. Because the government will use uh, unidentified AAP, but they won't use UFO because that makes you nuts. Right. So, uh, and and reportings are coming from uh, more and more people. Do you recall John Kasich run for ran for governor? Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he was he was denigrated because during a debate he mentioned seeing a UFO, and that kind of wrapped up his campaign for him because people said, "Well, you're nuts." <laughs> and and uh, well, now we have the president of Mexico. The president of Mexico. You don't tell me. Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador did not seem to be joking when he posted a photo of an alux, a mischievous woodland spirit in Mayan folklore, <laughs> an elf. He posted it on his social media. This is the president of the country. <laughs> Lopez Obrador wrote the photo was taken three days ago by an engineer. It appears to be an alux, adding everything is mystical. The nighttime photo shows a tree with a branch forming what looks like a halo of hair and what may be stars forming the figure's eyes. Lopez Obrador has long expressed reverence for indigenous cultures and beliefs, and there is a great movement in the uh, ancient astronaut world that elves and fairies are part of this whole picture, right? Okay. And so Lopez Obrador has long expressed reverence for indigenous cultures and beliefs. Engineers and workers in the Yucatan Peninsula constructing a tourist train that is the president's pet project got this. According to traditional Mayan belief, aluxes are small, mischievous creatures that inhabit forests and fields and are prone to playing tricks on people, like hiding things. Some people leave small offerings to appease them. The ancient Mayan civilization reached its height from 300 A.D. to 900 A.D., and you should see the carvings they got, on the Yucatan Peninsula and in adjacent parts of Central America, but the Maya's descendants continue to live on the peninsula. Many continue speaking the Mayan language and wearing traditional clothing while also conserving traditional foods, crops, religion, and medicine practices despite the conquest of the region by the Spanish between 1527 and 1546. Now, we do have audio uh, from the uh, president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, uh, he released this to his social media accounts. Me, it look like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, there you have there it. That's an eyewitness account. It's, 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 it's pretty good there. English, too. Pretty it's, good English. It's there. And uh, I just think English. that's I think that's fascinating. I saw the picture. Well, there was a sketch. It wasn't oh, yeah, a sketch. sketch. Are you sure? Yes. There's very accurate sketches on that. Uh, when the guy saw the leprechaun, that was a sketch. That was a sketch, yeah. yeah. And it was just a ding-ding. Uh, you know, that was an artist rendering. Right. To this day, to this day, I wonder, did because I don't trust news channels anymore. Were they okay. so stupid they thought that was real, or did they play along? Oh, they played along. Oh, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, well, they had a lot of fun with let's it. Go, okay. Let's go right to the source. Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. Oh. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. 
This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Yep. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. That's my favorite line of the whole oh, thing. The guy walking with the uh, the lead pipe or yeah. the stick instead it said. It's a. Um, an He's anti- a warrior. He yeah. was a warrior yes. that was ready to fight the leprechaun. Yes. Yeah, well, scoff. Scoff if you must. But this is the president of Mexico, <laughs> yeah. Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. And he believes he has seen an alux, alux, A L U X E, an alux, mischievous little leprechaun like <laughs> creature which plays tricks on people, much like you. Yeah, well, I do. You know, <laughs> I like to. Mischievous and full of non sequiturs. So it's. Uh, <laughs> Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where the gold is. I want the gold. Give me the gold. I want to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know the gold at. That's very good. That's very good. President of Mexico. (laughs) They're not helping our cause, though, are they? No. 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 Uh, so basically, everyone that runs a country is pretty much nuts. Is that what we're? <laughs> I just I just watched an interview with a dirt track rider. He was being interviewed by uh, Dale Junior on his podcast. He's been abducted a number of times. Oh, <laughs> and uh, his name is Scott Bloomquist. He's a, one of the best dirt trackers in the country. He says if you're abducted, it's better to get abducted by the saucer-looking. UFOs oh. and not the uh, Tic Tac UFOs because the guys in the Tic Tac UFOs, they're mean and brutal and they'll hurt you. Hmm. But the uh, the aliens in the saucer ones, they they're only friendly. Do, they only they're do cool. light probing. Yeah, not, yeah. not as yeah. invasive. <laughs> not like the Ranger. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, you know, oh. and, and you see and you hear stuff like that and it's like, oh, well, you're not doing it. And there's a local musician. I've told you about this guy many, many times who claims... He's been in his apartment in Uptown, and they swing by and pick him up, mm-hmm. him and his daughter. Yeah. Well, swing he's by. On, yeah. Obviously, he's on some sort of drug. Well, for years. I mean, since yeah. the 60s, right. of course. Right. The crackhead that got the wrong stuff. <laughs> May I tell you that, uh, and I recommend this to every GLer, go online if you must, or you might have the copy at home, of the Sunday St. Paul Pioneer Press. And the front page play story is the story of what life is like at Harding High School. And to the credit of the teachers who were promised anonymity, I don't like anonymity, but in this case, I can certainly understand it. Uh, The uh, teachers at Harding, and I would imagine this is true in every public high school, they're facing a two-pronged problem. Yeah. I just finished it, Joe. It's bad. They're facing recrimination from their superiors if they point out how bad things are. And they're also dealing with how bad things are. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. A lot of teachers I wouldn't give the time of day to because they're participating in the creation of the failed academy. A lot of teachers don't. A lot of teachers want to teach. And these... uh, to the credit of these teachers, uh, give me the uh, reporter's name again who wrote this. Is it Josh Vergus? I think um, so. Josh Vergus. Yeah. Yes. He yep. did a hell yep. of a job. I submit to you, this is the most important story 
uh, if, if St. Paul is going to turn around and reclaim some, some sense of sanity, culturally, ideologically, criminally, public safety, this is, a, this is the most important story that I've read in that newspaper uh, maybe forever. I'm, I, I was going to say five years, but who am I kidding? There hasn't been anything like this reported to the public, and I urge you all to read it. Uh, Harding comes off like a Salvadoran prison. Uh, it's controlled by what I'm going to call gangs roaming the hallways that don't even go to class. Uh, kids trying to get an education are sometimes just even afraid to go to the bathroom. That's just... the, the stabbing of the student was long predicted by these teachers who spoke on conditions of anonymity. And, yeah, none of them were surprised. None of them were surprised but that this took place. Uh, to reinforce the idea that this was gang-related, that same poor Hard- Harding student who was stabbed to death, there was a shooting at a ceremony for him yep. late last week at, uh, at a, at a, uh, uh, a public uh, uh, rec center on the west side, drive-by shooting. Friday, right? Friday. Friday no one died. Uh, and then, then there was another shooting at a ceremony over the weekend on Dale and University in St. Paul, which may or may not have anything to do with Harding. But getting back to Harding, the teachers not only predicted this, lived in fear of it, and got nowhere bringing it up to their superiors, their principal, for example. The school board, as we know, because we know who's on the school board, they're completely worthless. Mm-hmm. They're completely worthless. They're ideologically corrupt. They participate in the destruction of the academy. I've told black parents for years and years and years, quit. don't accept any favors the left is doing for you. They've ruined your child's experience in school. And... The blame for these uh, kids cannot be uh, laid at the feet of the teachers. These are kids, uh, the horses left the barn for these kids. These are kids who had no moral or ethical integrity taught to them instinctively when they were living under their parents' roof or as they continue to live under their parents' roof. They're getting nothing. They're getting nothing. And they take that nothingness to school. They go to school because they really have no place else to go. And then they go to school, and all they do is wreak havoc. They're taking guns away from kids at Harding. Uh, they've taken knives away from kids at Harding. Uh, it's all the teachers can do to attempt to teach a conventional class. Right. The principal is worthless. The uh, superintendent, Gothard, is worthless. How about the mayor? The mayor is worthless. So you mentioned kids roaming the hallway. Mm -hmm. 40 to 70 students routinely roaming the hallways instead of being in class. Incredible. That's That's two to three. That's that's absurd. That's two to three classrooms worth of students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The upshot of it is, is... And again, everyone should read this. It's, 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 it's a great hope for bringing about change, and the only change can be to get rid of the political class we have. They have made, uh, they have uh, uh, engineered a society 
in which these kids from day one have no have faced no repercussions for their behavior. No. A lot of t- parent or excuse me, teachers are saying that the in- equity and inclusion programs has only exacerbated this issue. It starts in first grade too. Uh, that's just, you start losing them in first grade. So what do you say to the parents, the black parents that are poor? And they want their kids, and their kids are good kids. They want them to have a good education, and they can't. They can't drive them across town. Um, they have no money, no car. They can't go to private school. What do you say to those folks? Well, what do I you would do? say first of all, check with that private school. If you are that poor and you are a minority, there, there is money available. Yep. There's a lot of money available, but it takes extra effort. The other thing I would say is if you uh, if you are that concerned about your child, that would suggest to me you have an intact family, maybe not materialistically, but so what? You've got a mother and a father and a kid willing to learn. Uh, I believe I believe that kids from sound families can still get an I've said this for years, can still get an education at a public high school. I believe yes. this. I yes. know parents who can afford easily to send their children to private high schools. They've sent their children to public high schools, and those children excel. Those children graduate with high honors. Yep. They get scholarships to whatever university they want to go to. I believe that is true, and I believe black parents can find success for their black children in public schools, but they, it's a shame that that black student then has that that weight hanging over him or her of a, of a peer group that might frown on their efforts to get a great education? Yeah. Who's our gal in Roseville that's fighting the good fight? Coffee, um, coffee, Monska. Yeah. Be fun to hear what she has to yeah. say about this. And uh, 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 in a different vein, same story. Administrators blaming teachers mm-hmm. for bringing this. To light. Yeah, they don't there want this a, brought to light. This is, how, case, this is how obtuse they are. There's a case, I, I believe it was last year, where uh, something bad happened. A teacher wrote up, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, wrote up a survey to give to the students about, you know, safety. Right. Do you feel safe? Well, this guy got chastised and shut down and reprimanded. And to the point where he has left the profession. Yeah, yeah he's know? no longer there. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. If you want to correct me, tell your euphorian friends and friends in Liberal Lakes and Diversityville, I'll be glad to be corrected. But let's just stick to, to the public school system. I can't think of anything the left has done that has worked. True. True. And they've been at it for, look at this state. This state's been basically Democrats, DFLers. And why are why does the administration, meaning this Gothard character, why is he retaliating against teachers bringing this to light? You're trying to protect something that doesn't work. You're trying to protect utter failure. Nothing you people try has worked. Now, again, a lot of this originates in a failed home. Mm-hmm. And from the failed home, the child only finds accommodation for his failure in the schools. He doesn't find an opposition to his failure. He goes to the school and is reinforced in the fact that he's come to the school as a failure. And the school takes no steps, meaning administration, takes no steps for discipline. they got to start someplace. 
Yeah. We've been talking about this for too long. The mayor uh, uh, had a press conference uh, regarding this latest shooting. Which one? This Which was, one? This was yeah. Dale and University, <laughs> oh. either Friday night or Saturday oh, afternoon. Town. Yep, Frogtown. Uh, when two dead, one critically injured, two others injured at a funeral, uh, oddly enough, called a celebration of life. And the mayor comes out and gives his press conference and admits that he's tired of this and he he is entitled to be tired of it. He should be tired of it. Mayor, I'm tired of the poor behavior by people you have done nothing to help. Nothing. And I keep going back to my initial example when he could have maybe turned everything around. A young, bright, black mayor from the city of St. Paul could have had listeners in the palm of his hand, and he just followed the play, the progressive playbook, and that's when the young teenage girl was misbehaving at a telephone yep. store at Hamlin and Midway, screaming and carrying on and acting like the spoiled, rotten brat she was. The first thing Carter did was question the cops. When all the video yep. and all the audio showed the cops were acting with entire care and reason. If the mayor... Instead of the knee-jerk response of, must be the cop's fault, if the mayor and his entourage mm-hmm. would have gone to that teenage girl's house yep. and stood on the porch of the house and, and asked that the mom and dad came out, or the mom and or dad, and said, the behavior of your child is unacceptable in this city, and you better do something about it, and you better do it damn quick. I say that could have turned the city around. Instead, we got the opposite. He would have lost the support of the party. And he was reading word for word from the Dia, the Democrats' playbook. I know, o- but he Obama- needed the strength to risk that. Well, he doesn't have the strength, and he wants to stay in office. Obama did the same thing in regards to police. Uh, Biden did it. The squad did it. Everybody's done it. And it's, it's, it's their standard reaction. And when it's ruining involved. the country. A- absolutely. It's ruining the country. Your ideas are wrong. They don't work. You're seeing it every day with shootings, behavior in school, carjackings by 14-year-olds. Your solutions, you think you've come up with solutions. All you've done is exacerbate every problem that exists, and you don't have the balls to do what's right. None. None of you do. The school board, the school uh, administration, the superintendent, you're a joke. The mayor, you're a joke, and you blew it four years ago, five years ago, when you could have taken that misbehaving teenage miscreant to her house and called a press conference, wished that every TV station was there and every newspaper was there and say, this behavior, I just looked at your behavior, young lady, and it is terrible, and you should be ashamed of yourself. We didn't get that. And until we get that, we've got no chance. No I, if, chance. If I remember right, um, she was being pursued by the police, and she ran in there, mm-hmm. and they caught up with her, and then she freaked out. Right. Yeah. 
Well, clearly what St. Paul needs is higher property tax rates, and that'll take um, care of everything. She fled from a gas station at right. the northwest yep. corner of Hamlin and University Correct. that had been the scene of misbehaving yes. children over Daily. and yep. over and over. And what was the answer? That gas station has been torn down. Right, yep. the BP. The gas station's not there anymore. That was the answer of these brains. Not expect behavior. The answer was, well, let's get rid of the gas station. <laughs> Just like they did on uh, 38th in Chicago with yep. that Super America. Yep. Oh, 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 how did Gothard get the job? They're in a club. It's the Super Club. They he'll be leaving here and get a gig in Omaha. They're all they're like NFL coaches. They're all <laughs> incompetent. They don't accomplish anything, and they just keep moving around because they have their own third rail. They are they are as much a part of the third rail as Omar Fateh. They they're third rail people. What was the one I used to joke about, Rook? Uh, she lived by you, and we never saw her. That was uh, Gars, um, Karstarfen. That's Maria right. Karstarfen. Maria Karstarfen lived on Summit. She was Summit and Fairview. Near she was Fairview. two blocks away from And me. you never saw her, and you lived two blocks away. And I'm always at those places around that Never area. saw her in the hardware store. Never saw her in the grocery store. Never saw her at a movie theater. Never saw her going for a walk. Now, she may have walked. Never saw never her saw any her. of those restaurants along Grand Avenue. And these supers are followed around by a contingent of uh, sycophants with their clipboards and their laptops. They're, they don't have anything to do with the public, just like the third rail. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the public. They exist only per, to protect their salaries and their pensions. And once they get that gig, they protect it at the expense of these suffering children. Now, Harding is so bad. How bad is it? It's so bad that what we were saying earlier is that a child can get a great education at a public high school. And I don't mean this against the teachers at Harding. I would say you've got no shot at Harding, no matter how good the kid is. Get the and kid out of Harding. how good the structure is, right? Get, get, get yep. the kid out of Harding. Harding's done. Harding, if you wow. read this story. It used to be a great school. Hell yes. You read this story and you tell me I'm wrong. Harding is done. There's no hope for Harding. None. One of the teachers that Josh, uh, the uh, writer, um, wrote about, uh, one of the teachers said, the very last line of the story, uh, in reference to Gothard, I think he's finally got the message. Too little, too late. But, oh, yeah. uh, Gothard, you are a pretend figure. You, you, uh, you are unknown to us. You're unknown to the public. These people live in their own world. You've got a rotten school board full of idiots, literally idiots, one of whom tried to foment her own racial war. Right, right. Oh, God, with the table, table service, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's come back with Johnny Height. All right, we can do that. But first, since we're talking about kids that are maybe in the inner city schools and need a little bit of help, well, I've got somebody that will help you, and they're very charitable. It's Minnesota Masonic Charities. And if you go to their website, mnmasoniccharities.org, I want you to click on scholarships because the Minnesota Masonic Charities Scholarships Portfolio, they've got some requirements, but let me tell you what the, the uh, um, awards are. Signature loan, it's a $6,000 award. They award six of them. Legacy award, it's a $4,000 award. They allow 11 of them. 
Heritage, $3,000 award. There's 20 of those available. The Selfless Scholar, that's a $5,000 shared award, and there's a dozen available. And the Career and Technical Award, $2,500, 40 awards available. Undergraduate, $3,000 award, and there's 30 uh, awards available. Poke around their website. You can nominate someone. There's a, the rules for how you can apply for a Masonic Charity Scholarship listed right there. Private school, home school, yes, you can apply. It's a wonderful, wonderful charitable uh, operation, and they can't do it if they don't have people applying. So if you want to call them and ask or donate, 952-948-6200, 952-948-6200, or you can go to mnmasoniccharities.org. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. Get your student, private school, public school, it doesn't matter. Get them a scholarship from Minnesota Masonic Charities. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Coming in hot. Tri-State Bobcat coming into spring hot with deals that are, not only they're amazing, they're a bit ridiculous. First off, you shovel lovers, and I'm looking at my buddy right now, Mr. Shovel Lover himself. You guys had a workout last week, and we haven't even hit heart attack snow season yet. That's coming up. John, I want you to throw that shovel in the corner. Get yourself a Toro snowblower. If you've been holding out for the right price, the time is absolutely right now. You'll get sale prices on Toro Power Clear single stage and Power Max two stage snowblowers. You can finally lay that shovel down. Get behind a Toro snowblower, and you'll really you'll look forward to the next blizzard. That's how fun they are. Huh. Now, summer. If you're thinking about a zero turn mower. Right now, Tri-State Bobcat has the best discounted pricing on select previous model years, brand new time cutter and Titan zero-turn oh. mowers. Yeah, from 42 to 60 inches. These are last year's models. Uh, discounts raising, uh, ranging from 10 to 20% under the promo pricing. There's so, I, I wish I could mention them all, but I've got a list of them. <laughs> the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, so it's impossible for me to mention. Here's what, here's what you do. You get on the horn, call any of the Tri-State Bobcat locations, tell them you're a GLer and you need a snowblower or a zero-turn mower right away. Toro makes snowblowing and lawn cutting fun. And I want a little front-end loader with a shovel. I have pictures of one, Ooh, Joe. Right, they right. have them at Tri-State, right. and I'm going um, to send those pictures to you. They're really cool. Uh, fun announcement from Tri-State. They now own Mankey's Outdoor Equipment in Ootana. And because they're part of the Tri-State family, all the pricing and promos are also available in Owatonna. Three locations here in the Twin Cities for Tri-State, Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson. And you can see all of everything that Tri-State carries at tristatebobcat.com. Um, Ken, yeah. do me a favor. Can you send me the link for the Toro snowblower as well? Yeah, <laughs> Reavers, they're so cool. I, I don't know how much longer I can bank on my neighbor coming over after... Uh, You're we, still yeah. borrowing one? No, he just comes over and does it. <laughs> I, oh. Chris, but I ran one. He in damn near dropped last week. I felt bad. <laughs> I ran one in the parking lot down there um, in Burnsville last Friday. And the problem is these guys all have the best in snow equipment re- removal. So I had a hard time finding something to, you know, some snow to blow. Right. But I found some. And it, it's they're so cool. They're so awesome. John Hyde. Thank you, Joe. Why don't you pay attention to that ad and quit shoveling? Well, I like shoveling. All right. Yeah, he's a shovel lover. All right. I'm a shovel lover. Here's John Hyde's news. 
Thanks, Joe. Uh, before I get to the news, I thought you guys might like to know that uh, St. Paul Public School Superintendent Joe Gothard, he starts his new three-year contract July 1st of this year. Just so you know. oh, oh, what a prize. What a prize. <laughs> he should be run out on a rail. And uh, that will pay him the first year $256,000. Wow. And then he gets a 1.93% uh, raise every year. Complete failure. Complete wow. failure. Wow. That would never that would never fly in the real world. No, Plus, absolutely uh, not. Don't forget the car allowance. I'm sure oh, he's yeah. got a yeah. doctorate in education. Yes. yes I'm of course. sure he does. Uh, and Joe, the book we were talking about by Winslow is The Dawn Patrol. That's the it, The Dawn Patrol. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. In the news, Minnesota's latest budget and economic forecast shows the state with a projected $17.5 billion surplus. That comes after the record-breaking surplus was announced in December. The latest forecast also factors in inflation for the first time in around two decades after state lawmakers just said last week had approved legislation requiring inflation to be factored in. Had inflation been factored into December's budget estimate, that number would have decreased by about $1.5 billion less, according to the Minnesota Department of Management and Budget. So that means, despite a slight decrease in the forecast, the state surplus actually grew since December. <laughs> so there's Have more money you won't see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, um, <laughs> you know, what, when are we getting the poor people checks? We're not. <laughs> The poor people, Jack. What's the phrase called where you just keep saying something over and over and eventually you and others will just think it's true? Self-fulfilling prophecy. Thank you very much. That's what's going on with the rhetoric coming out of the governor's mouth slash Twitter account when he's talking about the surplus. And I know you don't pay attention to that. But there are other people who are buying it, basically saying Minnesota's economy is strong because we have this budget surplus. Well, if the king said so, it must be true. That's true. Such a disappointment. Oh, I just wish Boy, that that's the, the case. politest way of putting it I can possibly imagine. <laughs> Kenny does not use that same I know he wow. doesn't, but I do. Oh. <laughs> Uh, back to St. Paul now. Police there are investigating possible connections between two groups of teens and a recent spree of violent crimes that we've been talking about for much of this show. In February, 15-year-old Devin Scott fatally stabbed at Harding High School. Afterward, Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher told our friends down at Five Eyewitness News that Scott's death could be related to the shooting of 16-year-old Antoine Watson in October. Six days after Scott's death, St. Paul police arrested three teens after occupants of two vehicles were shooting at each other. And just last Friday, three teenagers shot after a memorial service for Scott at the Wellstone Recreation Center on the city's west side. While connections between those events are under investigation, community leaders say they want to take some steps toward peace mm -hmm. by inviting the teens to a meeting this week to create what they're calling a truce. They have a gang truce, huh, John? <laughs> yep. Reverend Daryl Spence, founder of the God Squad, told Five Eyewitness News he and other community leaders are working to bring the feuding groups of teens together for a meeting to hopefully get them to put down their guns. And they can have cookies. And, right. Yeah. Play some backgammon. Yeah. Uh, Spence said, yeah, there's an ongoing feud or whatever you want to call it, but we want to put a plea out to say, let's stop, let's sit down at a table, let's talk, let's work this out and get a truce going. Joe, what are they so afraid of? Why can't they call a gang war a gang war? Well, you've even come up a, with a euphemism for it. We talked about it. I'm trying to recall what the euphemism well, they, was. In, in John's story, they're feuding teens. Yeah, or yeah. they're sometimes called uh, uh, people that associated. Uh, I can't come up with it, but they won't say it because that's part of their failed plan. They they created this nonsense. Does it have something to do with going after guns? 
Instead of uh, focusing on the criminals, they're focusing on the firearms. Is well, that course, what it that's, is? That's boilerplate response to these is too many guns. No, it's too much bad behavior. Yeah. Reverend Ronnie Patterson, organizer of St. Paul's 21 Days of Peace, told Five Eyewitness News he'll be part of those talks with a clear message for the rival groups of teens. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it. Say it. <laughs> for the gangs, all right? The no. gangs. Johnny, no. <laughs> What's the joke? Oh, you, John? It was so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, it's so fun to speak the truth, isn't it? Update on the story we had a couple weeks ago. A man convicted for a 2021 homicide in Wyndham was found dead Friday night at Boom Island Park in Minneapolis. I remember we talked about 58-year-old Ralph Appman. Uh, he was missing. He was charged with second-degree murder for the August 26, 2021 death of Juan Morales Rivera. He didn't show up for a court on uh, court meeting on February 13th, prompting Wyndham police and the BCA to send out an alert notifying the metro area that they thought Atman was armed. And here in the Twin Cities, he was convicted in absentia February 14th, again found dead here in the Twin Cities Friday night. Add today's rain to the snow that's fallen recently, and it's helping parts of Minnesota to climb out of a drought. While the drought is receding, it still covers about a third of the state, including the Twin Cities and the Fargo-Moorhead area. Okay, I'm glad you had that reaction because I, I got mad when I saw the headline. What I drought? was mad. I'm yeah. pro-drought. Yeah. I don't you mean every summer when it gets hot? And That's <laughs> right. The reason, reason I brought this story was just to get that reaction. John, you're so mean. <laughs> you are a creep. Parts of southeastern Minnesota, including all of Cottonwood County, according to officials, are still in severe drought. Why, you ask? <laughs> you know, John, you get up in the yeah. morning and you, and you say, what can I find that will really make Suchi angry? Yes. Let me let me find a drought yes. story. You yeah. know, I've, I've expanded that to include Chris and Kenny and yeah. Rook, too. Yeah. All right. Not just you. Okay. All right. That's a hell of a way to approach a newscast. He likes, Let's get the news that upsets the cast. Yeah. Well, he likes throwing in the dirty stories because yeah. he knows I'll bite on the hook and I'll say something really offensive. The first thing I do when I open the computer is go, what? Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands together. Uh, the reason for all this, some of it is because precipitation fell so far behind sure. the bone dry summers of 2021. And you know why? Because so. in, in the little golden book, it only uh -huh. rains when it's supposed to. And it's just a if, perfect amount. Isn't that nice? I don't know so. if people remember, but uh, last spring was very, very wet. Yes, it was. And a lot of acres went unplanted because That's of right. the, uh, mm -hmm. the wet. Well, yeah. that was climate change. Of course, and then when it dried out, it stopped raining. That's, that's climate change. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, two months into 2023, the year does look promising, according to officials, for lawns, gardens, trees, lakes, rivers, and crops. Pioneer Press reporting Burnsville police are alerting the public of a ruse in which scammers are calling metro area residents and impersonating actual police sergeants in an attempt to get money from prepaid gift cards. Or hang up on these idiots. Uh-huh. Police, wait I can't minute, believe people still fall for so these. So you, you, you have an outstanding parking ticket or speeding ticket, but we'll take a Target gift card. Right. <laughs> now, well, wow. here, here's, here's how it works. Please say that over the past week, they've received at least 10 reports of scammers who've reached or left messages with people after using the names of two real sergeants. Investigators oh. are aware of two people who have fallen victim to the scam. One... Lost about $11,000. Oh. The other $8,000. I can't oh. account for that stupidity. I mean, how do you yeah, account for that, that stupidity? 
The police impersonation scam is not new. It's played out across the U.S. and locally in recent years. Minneapolis Police, St. Cloud Police, and Hennepin County Sheriff's Office have notified the public of similar scams, but it's a first for Burnsville Police, said Sergeant Sean Anselment, whose name has been used in nine of the calls. In most cases, he said the scammers have targeted people employed in the medical field. Anselment said the scheme has gone like this. Scammers tell the victims or possible victims they have information on a confidential matter. Then went on to say they missed court hearings and now need to pay fines and fees using prepaid gift cards. The scammers instructed the victims to buy <laughs> gift cards. After doing so, the victims gave the scammers the numbers off the gift cards. And of course, then the scammers can use the gift cards immediately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The scammers have used spoofed telephone numbers with local area codes in a further attempt to deceive. Do we even people. know if the scammers are in this state? No. We don't even know if they're in this country. Yeah, we have no idea. Before they, they Grandma no passed, she got uh, nabbed by a scammer, and I believe they were in Kentucky. Did Grandma give up the money? Sure did. Oh, no. Yep. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, that's not Grandma, good. come on. So she had the biggest heart of anybody I've ever met. Yeah, but come on, Grandma. How much did Grandma lose? Bought a grand. Ooh. Yep. Because she That's thought a grand my, you didn't get. Well, here's the thing that got her though. Here's <laughs> the thing way that, to look at it. The, here's the thing that got her was they had called pretending to be my brother. True story. And they had said he was in jail, which can't really fault grandma. Okay, they, uh, <laughs> you know really what I call that not, an inside. That was family. That's your family did truth. that. Right. Somebody in your family got a grand from it grandma. Was probably right. your other brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New intelligence has prompted the energy department to. Con- that an accidental lab leak in China most likely caused the coronavirus pandemic. Although U.S. spy agencies remain divided over the origins of the virus. Weren't we but, not allowed to say that uh, years ago? No. Yeah. Remember, that's what... You, yeah. At the beginning, you could never say you that. You could not say that. No, no. no. The conclusion was a change from the department's earlier position that it was undecided on how the virus emerged. Officials would not disclose what the new intelligence was. Various government agencies now stand at different conclusions. In addition to the Energy Department, the FBI has concluded, like the Energy Department, with what they call low confidence, that the virus first emerged accidentally from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a Chinese lab that worked on coronaviruses. But four other intelligence agencies and the National Intelligence Council have concluded with low confidence as well, that the virus most likely emerged through natural transmission. That according to the director of National Intelligence's office. Mayor, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, perhaps missing the point here. No. She's, uh, she's blaming her dwindling reelection prospects on race and gender. No, no, you're just playing a card there, Lori. You're a pathetic, incompetent fool. Instead of the city's crime crisis, she told the New Yorker, I'm a black woman, and let's not so forget. That's some why folks, it's going down. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. yeah. Some folks, frankly, don't support us in leadership roles, she said. I don't support you in your leadership role, Lori. You're an idiot. Election watchers say recent polls show crime, though, is the big issue in Chicago in the mayoral race. And in the latest polls, Lightfoot trails three different candidates, Paul Vallas, Brandon Johnson, and Jesus Choi Garcia. Though the numbers of people shot or killed across the city are down this year, there was a 35% increase in all reported crimes in 2022. According to the Chicago Sun's Time, uh, Chicago's mayoral election is tomorrow. Well, I hope she's defeated. Uh, Before you move on, John, can we go back to the COVID? Was there any mention in that story about when COVID first appeared in the United States of America? I did not see anything about that, no. I can tell you when. 
Wasn't it December of 2019? I, well, I was going to say, when I had COVID well, a they, month... When you I were in November of 2019 when you were sick, weren't you? Uh, yeah, and I had COVID a month ago, and the symptoms were exactly the same, but they weren't symptoms that everybody else feels with the respiratory stuff. It was all... Uh, body pain, back pain, leg pain, and severe stomach um, pain. Maybe you just had the flu flu this time. I, I took tests. I took three tests. The whole oh, test? you, you, you had COVID. Yeah, I had the COVID. Wow. Yeah, huh. yeah, new kind of COVID. Did you uh, eat a yeah. bat at a wet market? <laughs> yes, when he, was, when he was in China. Oh, I can't tell you. I can't stay away from those things. Uh, oh, God. Give them in Velveeta. <laughs> wet Fuck. market. Gross. Fox, Fox News host how Fox News host Howard Kurtz, who anchors a weekly show on the media industry, said he's been told not to cover the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit filed against Fox by Dominion Voting Systems. Kurtz revealed the prohibition during Sunday's episode of Media Buzz after he received criticism for not covering revelations about the network that came out of recent filings from Dominion. The trial caused quite a stir last week when papers filed in the trial showed Fox hosts like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingraham sent emails saying they didn't believe any of the charges from Donald Trump and those who worked for them that the election was rigged. The emails called Trump's lawyers foolish. Despite that, all the hosts continued to go on the air on Fox, saying the election was rigged, doing that for months, while privately saying they didn't believe that at all. Legal analysts say all of this indicates Dominion has a good chance to win its case against Fox. There's been no comment from Fox about what Kurt said on the air. Do you think he'll still have a job? I think mm. we'll we find out. Mm. Suits, you went after Fox a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. um, against uh, our, our protests. Mm -hmm. And you Not didn't mine. make it. You're right. You didn't make it clear at the time. You don't like Fox because you're in love with MSNBC and CNN. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. He no. just favors. Maybe not in yeah. love, but favors. Yeah, That's it. I don't trust any of them. No, I, I, don't I think care we could side. do fine without Fox or CNN. Yeah, I, I don't care which side they're on. I have equal mistrust. How do you feel about those emails that uh, Hannity and Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingraham traded? Well, I, I think I it's think Ingram. These people are pathetic. They have it, no... it was both. Ingram, what did I say? Ingraham? Yeah, Ingram. It's yeah. like the program. The program. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't trust any of them, John. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're like secondary third rail people to me. <laughs> the distributor of the comic strip Dilbert now this morning is the latest to sever its relationship with creator Scott Adams, saying the cartoonist's comments about race do not align with their core values. Andrews McNeil Universal announced it was cutting ties to Adams and the cartoon of Office Life after an incompatible, what they called vision and principle of the creator's comments, which prompted many newspapers to drop the comic strip. Adams drew backlash after recent episodes of his YouTube show, in which, among other things, he referred to people who are black as members of a hate group and suggested that white people should get the hell away from them. Oh, Wow. USA Today Network, which operates hundreds of newspapers, said it had pulled the plug on the long-running comic strip. The Washington Post and Plain Dealer also in Cleveland said they would no longer carry it. Here in the Twin Cities, the Star Tribune announced they had dropped Dilbert. I don't read Ad Dilbert. No, I never thought it was very funny. I'm not going to lie. Is it supposed to be funny or is it supposed to be is it, doesn't ironic? He, or? Doesn't he rip the corporate world? Yeah, so yeah. He's yeah, he's got a... Doesn't a, like cubicle oh, life. He's got a weird-haired guy that... Yeah. yeah, says uh, Adams has caused some controversy before. Previously, he claimed uh, he was a victim of racism in Hollywood. 
Adams has made news for other controversial statements, including questioning the accuracy of the Holocaust death toll. Oh, he did say oh, this my word. I bet that was a fun comic strip that day, huh? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't on the strip. Oh, he didn't put it in. Okay. During his little YouTube. Right, yeah, that would be a little aggressive. <laughs> would, uh, a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, say. He did say today he realized he's uh, pretty much uh, ruined his career, but I did look it up. I don't think it's going to hurt him. He's worth between 50 and $80 million right now. So, so what I was wondering, John, when you were reading that is, did he do this on purpose? I'm so tired of writing Probably this. Probably 65. Thing. I'm so tired yeah, of writing this done, damn yeah. thing. Yeah, what yeah. what possesses the guy to do that? Say, who's that gal who writes the books about, I don't know, hobbits and holes and trees? and uh, Oh, the You're Nuts theory. Uh, what's who's your nuts? name? No. The, the gal. Nuts. No, the gal you've always said. J.K. Rowling. Thank you. Well, yeah. what possesses them to just, you know. J.K. Rowling has not done anything like you, this. You're mixing your Hobbit story with yeah. your uh, Harry Potter stories, yeah. Kenny. She wrote yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, books. well, I don't care what she wrote. Why doesn't she just keep her <laughs> mouth shut wrote, and keep making money? Who wrote Fifty Shades well, she, of Grey? She is still making money. Not that was Zane Gray. It was Zane Gray, wasn't it, Rook? I only, oh, read, I only read Peanuts and Hocus Focus. That's oh, no, no, no. you got to read Focus. Pearls Before Swine. I know, Best I like comic. Hocus Focus. Mm-hmm. I have a bad cartoon bubble about the guy years. who does Hocus Focus. I think he's yeah. kind of down and out. He's a bad artist. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. What are you just, picturing? The living he's, conditions. He's not worth anything. He's mm-hmm. got the bad studio. and uh, Drapes, but, got boy, the bad drapes. I, I, I love Hocus Focus. I can just, I'm getting better at it every day. No, that's that's that only crazy your old paper. Marmaduke. No, I don't read Marmaduke. <laughs> I'm at the point in life, Joe, where I hate Charlie Brown. That oh. kid deserves a punch right to the nose. No. Jesus. He's a sympathetic wow. character, Kenny. He's a, Lucy's okay. Lucy's the evil one. No, I yeah, thought she was the sweetheart. Yeah. I, I no, well, I understand. Sh- her. Shocking, shocking. <laughs> I Kenny. lost my uh, my lust for the comics after Gary Larson retired. He was brilliant. Farside was a good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. John, uh, John, I know you like to look stuff up, and you said uh, Scott Adams is worth a fortune. When yeah. we're done here, look up who who does Hocus Focus and see <laughs> if that poor bastard is worth anything. May I answer oh, an earlier question that focus, you had? Focus. Courtesy of the Garage Logic Town Council. Yes. This is from Larry when you were looking for the name that we like to use for Let- gangs. Yes. Uh, is it group involved individuals? There it is. Thank you. Group Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Town Council. Perfect. Group involved individuals is the euphemism that the leaders of St. Paul have come up with for gangs. Group involved individuals. Wow. You miserable failures. I thought you were going to say something else. I do, uh, I do have one, uh, one story here that uh, another person that we're going to dislike immensely. As soon as I read it, I disliked her. All right. Uh, she's a Virginia school board member, yeah. shockingly enough. In Fairfax County. Oh, I they, saw this. You're going to break our hearts. I know. It's, uh, it's well, let me just read it. Uh, she is named Abrar Omish. Mm-hmm. She's in hot water after slamming the Battle of Iwo Jima as evil. The mm-hmm. legendary World War II battle resulted in about 7,000 dead Americans, more than 27,000 total casualties, as the Americans beat back the Japanese for control of the crucial island. Of course, it was a huge step forward. In the fight for victory in World War II, proud achievement of the United States Marine Corps. In the face of evil, the U.S. pushing forward, thousands laid down their lives so Americans could control the island. Omish, for some unknown reason, seemed to frame the battle as evil for even happening. Mm-hmm. Not only was it 
not evil. It's certainly not from the American side. The battle had to happen so American assets could get within range of mainland China. But she said the days of Iwo Jima unfortunately happened and set the record for what I hate to say human evil is capable of. Mm -hmm. She didn't stop there. She had something else she was worried about. The trilogy is Prayers for the Assassin, Sins of the Assassin, (laughs) and Heart of the Assassin by Robert Ferrigno. Okay. Getting closer Uh, every day. The only other part I have here, Joe, maybe you have something else, was that her comments after sparking outrage, she tried to walk them back, mm-hmm. said they were misinterpreted, even though it's all on tape. She's a school board member. She is a school board member, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she wears the hat, the the covering, the head. The, yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, She uh, has uh, caused other problems previously. She referred to Israel as an apartheid state. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wants to claim moments of silence for 9-11 causes harm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the trilogy, Prayers for the Assassin and uh, Robert Ferrigno. Uh, you might want to get ahead of the curve. You might want to get ahead of the curve. John, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, at the golf show, I was looking at the Crossfire golf cart. That thing was sweet. Is that yeah, cool? That was fire. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake in Burnsville has the EcoFun uh, supply of electric bikes, scooters, motorcycles, youth recreational equipment, and they've they've got this golf cart that is so cool. You can get two versions, one with a dump box that dumps, and one with a back seat. That's key. That's it. And then a back seat that that folds down and becomes kind of a storage platform. And uh, they're just cool. Yeah, They're they're gas-powered, and they're, 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 who won it, I wonder? Somebody at the golf show could have won that. Oh, weren't that's we a good bidding question. on it or weren't we bidding I'll on it? I'll find out. I'll find out with the staff. EcoFun Motorsports is a really, really great recreational equipment outlet. They've got my Yamaha scooter. They tuned it up, stored it for the winter. They'll be bringing it back as soon as the weather turns. They're in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just west of Interstate 35, and they're down in Burnsville on the on the county ro- on the uh, service road of life near County Road 42. Great service, uh, clothing, helmets. Uh, great people. Tim was there at the golf show. He likes to follow that golf cart around. It's really yeah, cool. It's cool to look at. And it's a, I sat in it and I tested it out. She fits. She, you don't need to step up in it either. You just kind of glide right into it. You know, Word. you don't need a you don't need a step ladder. It's right. really cool. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Everyone say the leprechaun, say yeah! Yeah! Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Firearm aficionados, let's join arm in arm and uh, walk right into DK Mags. They work very hard to keep us happy. A steady flow of the most modern firearms and ammunition. They also take special orders, so if you've been looking a while, I know you've heard me say this. What what are you waiting for? Get on the phone. I've got personal stories about how they go out of their way to help their customers find firearms. Uh, log on to dkmags.com first and see what they actually have, um, what they can get you. And uh, one note about that, what they have in the gun case and the store is not mentioned on the website, so you got to pick up the phone. Uh, a lot of knowledge with their on-site gunsmiths uh, staff. They can handle those uh, small jobs. If you've got a big job, a difficult one, they've got outside resources. They'll get it done for you. Uh, their buying power, pretty amazing. They they buy like 
big, big box stores, but they keep the small town local feel. And of course, that's what I love about them. And if you're new to firearms or considering your very first purchase, this is the place for you. You're not going to get any ego or attitude at DK Mags. Very accommodating staff, fair pricing, quality firearms, great staff. They're at uh, DK Mags, Old 8 in New Brighton. And of course, like I said, on the web, DKMags.com. A lot of black guys have weird names. <laughs> what? Lovey Smith. What? No, I mean Lovey. Wait. Love. No, a lot of people have weird no, names. No, no, it's only black people. Sushere. <laughs> no, it's only black guys. Sushere. <laughs> lovey. What is Lovey? Are you trying to replace what? the Dilbert uh, cartoon? I knew, yeah. I knew, yeah, you know Scott what? Adams I knew a Jr. white, I knew a white guy named Lovey. He ran a radiator repair shop down um, by the bus garage okay. in downtown Minneapolis. Okay. Well, about Runny? I don't know a Runny. Runny Patterson. Well, yeah, he the, used to uh, do Score North Radio. Reverend Runny Patterson, he's uh, organizing St. Paul's 21 That's Days right. of Peace. Yeah. He's yeah. part of the guy, he's one of the guys okay. helping to have a gang truce. That is Reverend Runny? Runny, that's I the, think of a runny nose, I'm sorry. No, that's a cool name. That well, it's kind of cool, and that so would is be Lovey. A, that's a great radio but name. But they're weird. Uh, Lovey the Reverend Runny. What is, Lovey, what is Lovey's name? He's named after Lovey, his great aunt, Lavana. Lavana? Yes. Yeah, was his and, aunt. And be, by the time it got to him, it was Lovey? Apparently. Huh. Lovey and Runny and... Uh, anyway, Runny's doing the God's work. He's trying to get these kids to talk and not have gang warfare at all times. I should have expected this from you, a guy that... Uh, that uh, The Baby Walk, where you just gong point, yeah. babies' names. What the hell with it? If you don't know how to name a kid, that's you're going to get the foghorn. That's, that's yeah, just, the foghorn. That's yeah. the way we do it. Joe, uh, if I may, Hocus Focus. Yeah, Hocus Focus. Yeah. Boy, am Henry, I getting good at that. Henry Boltonoff was the guy. Yeah, it's ringing a bell. He still does. Uh, it's uh, It says that he died in 2001. Oh. But... Uh, they rerun them in a lot of places, it says. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing old ones? No wonder they apparently, look so Well, check the name tomorrow. I, I tried to pull don't it up they, here, but I don't have a Pioneer Press thing. Uh, uh, but uh, he, they still run the old ones. And he did tons. He did uh, cartoons for the New Yorker and you oh, know, all kinds of places. He also did covers for uh, comic books for DC Magazine, Superman, that kind of oh, stuff. Boy. So he was uh, well-respected. He did Collier's cartoons, Saturday Evening Post. Uh, all sorts of things. You so. know what Hocus Focus is, don't you? No uh, idea. Yeah. It's two cartoon panels that appear identical, but you find six differences between them. Right. Oh, that's fun, man. I, yeah. you know, I can get into that. You got that. some time little, on your hands. You I know, got a you pencil. Gotta... I, got, I got a pencil and a pen. I kind of mark them <laughs> right. and see if I'm right. And it's just uh, it's pretty just good. People of... Magazine does the same thing on the back page. But they're too easy. A five-year-old. Oh, you're a seasoned pro oh. at that. Point. I mean, I'm in yeah. the. I mean, the major you know leagues. Okay. Hocus focus. You know what you're doing. I play for the Yankees when it comes to hocus focus. <laughs> wow, you need a hobby, Joe. I do. It's hocus focus. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Only. You. Uh, you are something else. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? No, I, oh, I guess I have I'll bring you one. Or right, please do. I'll bring you one. Please do. <laughs> God, Joe. Uh, you know what? I'm going to admit something else. Oh no! Let's go. I Here invented go. a new game in my house <laughs> uh-huh. uh, to spring on the kids. Turn off the lights. Who can shut this door 
the quietest. With it making the perfect clicking sound. Because there's, there's one room in the house where if you shut the door, it can be wide open. But if you shut the door just perfectly, it just goes click. Oh, fun game. <laughs> Once again, you got a little extra time on your hands, do you? What? <laughs> Why did you invent this game? Because they were slamming doors? Well, all kids slam doors. But I invented the game because it began to occur to me, man, that was about the fifth straight time I've shut this and nailed it. Just nailed it. <laughs> so you were the champ. One of, one of life's simple pleasures. God. I water I water skipped over some open water on the lake the other day. I, I thought I was pretty proud of that uh, uh, achievement. No, you know what I mean though. It just gets it just it latches. Click. click. That's it. Just you click. should bring this up on the uh, Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast when you're yeah, on tell the, as a guest. Tell them all about yeah, yeah. We had a game because... at our house that I just made up over the weekend. <laughs> what did you do, Tom? I'm the champ. Here's the secret to good radio. <laughs> well, I'm going to go home and have a cocktail, and what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, meet the fellas. <laughs> Uh, only because they come to us all the way from Marleth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldWideWaftage.com. It was on this day in 1853. Feb 27. Edward D. Neal obtained a charter for the Baldwin School, which later became the failed academy known as McAllister College. Oh. Mm-hmm. On this day in 1857... 227. Territorial Delegate Henry M. Rice succeeded <laughs> in lobbying Congress to pass the Enabling Act for the state of Minnesota. The Me- act Me- defined the state's boundaries and authorized the establishment of a state government. May I interrupt? Sure. I'm looking at today in Minnesota history, and neither one of those are on mine. <laughs> Well, so this is dated... Uh, Much like the weather records we're doing yesterday's this On this day, day February 27th. Really? Yeah. Well, I got two other uh, items, not those Do you two. have Mount Zion Hebrew Congregation? Nope. Do you have Hubbard County being named for Lucius Hubbard? Nope. And do you have Prince sweeping the Grammys? Nope. Well, what the hell? Uh, I, I, go with, I go with Lyman. He, this says Feb 27th. Are you sure you're on Feb 27? I'm on Feb 27. I'm going to check 26. And... Yeah, maybe click and post it. Or, uh... Another thing you got to bring up with Tom. You, you got the, Do you got all the your show prep on the air. What? You have the 26th. I have, have the, the 26th? 26th? You do, yes. Yeah, that was yesterday. Well, then you do today, John. Okay. Hang on. Here we go. Buckle up. Eight... Yeah, 1843, yep. Thomas Lowry is born in Logan County, Illinois. Yep. After arriving in Minneapolis in 1868, Lowry would play an instrumental role in establishing the Twin Cities streetcar system. Yep. He died in 1909. You get the Lowry Hill for him. He's got a Go tunnel named tunnel, after yeah. him. Yeah, Lowry uh-huh. Tunnel. And in 1857, Waseca County is formed. See, I, I, you do it differently than me. I turned to, I always turn them into past tense. Okay. On this day, uh, let's see, 1857. 18- on this day, Waseca County was, was formed. Yeah, was yeah, formed. Yeah. It was named with the Dakota word meaning "rich in provisions." Yep. Also on this day, a humorous episode in Minnesota history begins. 
Joseph Roulette, a fur trader representing Pembina in the territorial legislature, steals the text of a bill to move the capital from St. Paul to St. Peter. Yes, yes, sir. Although the bill had been passed, it had not been signed by the governor. Right. Roulette disappeared until the legislature adjourned on March 7th, hiding in the Fuller House attic while the bill rested in a hotel safe. I'll be damned. How many more are there for this day? That's, that's it. Wow, yeah, that two, wasn't much of a two. day, was it? Really wasn't. That wasn't much of a day. Thank you, GLers. And uh, go read that piece about Harding High School. It'll uh, shake you to your It'll depress core. You. Amen to that, Rob. If you want an uplifting comment or podcast, go to PodMN on your smartphone. Poke around and you will find one that will be uplifting hopefully for you. If you would like to view some of our videos on YouTube, Garage Logic, you may subscribe on YouTube to Garage Logic, and you will be privy to those videos. Then run over to garagelogic.com where you can check out the online store. You can learn how to sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council. If you are not already, you should be. You should be telling other people about it as well, because you can get great insights in between the breaks, before the show, after the show. It's a match made in heaven, I'm telling you. Kind of like all the characters in this show. Matches made in heaven. Cha! You cha? Cha! I don't even know what a cha is.